Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. Take a quote from a very funny movie, Accepted. Your phony school demeans real colleges everywhere. Why? Why can't we have both? Huh? You can have your grades and your rules and your structure and your ivory towers. And then, and then we'll do things our way. Why do we have to conform to what you want? This episode, we're going to continue about education. We're going to talk about how the 21st century is still using the old ways of knowledge but first, before we get into that, Nick, how are you doing, and what are you drinking? I'm doing good, drinking some off-color brewing Apex Predator. What are you doing? What are you drinking? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, drinking some Jim Beam rye whiskey. And Nick, to take out a quote from your book, we should burn it down. Burn it all down. College education system, higher learning. It's not what it used to be, and it's, well, just play out and say it. It's a scam. I hate how the system is and for those listening prepare to get uh prepare to hate us because we're gonna shit on schools yeah and don't feel like you don't do it all the time because every single person has complained about the price of college the cost of college and what you're getting for what you pay just giving some numbers at any one point there are about 19.7 million people attending college at any one moment that's a huge amount of number and it's a huge amount of money. Yeah, and the average cost of attendance per year for a private college is $54,880. For public, in-state, $26,820. Out-of-state, $43,280. And that includes tuition and fees, room and board, books and supplies, transportation and personal expenses. It doesn't go into food. Now, if you do graduate with the degree that get a job, you most likely will pay off your uh, college debts. But what most of the college debt is actually from is people who didn't graduate and instead had to pay an exorbitant price for a semester, two semesters, or two years of college, and they don't have anything to show for it that can get them a better job to allow them to make more money to pay it off. Or simply to add on to that, they get a major that's not exactly needing a four-year degree or a major that's not high paying. Yeah, or just like any of the majors that don't actually get, like you said, jobs worthy of an income that can actually pay off the cost of that degree. And this is partly people's fault, but I think a big part is college's fault because colleges advertise all these different degrees and some are cool and fun and all that stuff, but you actually don't make enough money in that field to pay off the cost of the college. So either the price of college needs to drop or those career fields need to stop requiring college degrees. Like a lot of wildlife technicians don't make a lot of money, which is a very common major that people go into to not make a lot of money to barely afford to pay back their degree when that could be more like a two-year degree or something, but it just, it doesn't pay for itself. And that's one of the most popular degrees in the where I went to school in Idaho just because, well, it's cool. Who doesn't want to study wildlife? Like that's that's what everyone wants to do. There's just no money in it. Or you have to get a master's degree if you really want to advance. Otherwise, you're spent most of your time being a technician. And before we get too deep into college, university, and everything after high school and primary school, 
I want to point this out. Me and Nick are big advocates for knowledge. Granted, we kind of lean more towards self-knowledge, but nonetheless to say, we see the importance of education and schooling. We just hate how it's being done currently. And, well, since we've been kind of skirting around it of, you know, four-year degrees that aren't really well-paying or they're kind of worthless, Nick, maybe we should just uh, jump right in and talk about art majors and degrees. Yeah, you all knew this was coming. So, personally, I don't think majority of art majors programs should exist at colleges and universities. For example, photography. I think if you want to take a photography class, I don't really see how that should be a major. Now, I can see radio and film, but and I can see photography being a class for that, but not a major. Or if you want to go into journalism, take a class on photography. But simply an entire art major on one specific thing, something like a skill, which we'll probably be talking about a lot of how a skill should be more an apprenticeship, should be more training, should be more hands-on rather than the traditional four years, which is Nick told me before the podcast, changing quite quickly to four and a half years. And I suspect future will be five years. But art majors, a lot of them are worthless. I mean, most of them are worthless. There's the four year degree program does not work for art majors. That's just the facts. And I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for that. But luckily, Nick, you handle the social media, so I won't see any of it. Yeah. And this is something that the very first thing that colleges could do right now is when you apply to college for whatever major you're getting to, they you get a sheet of uh, pot like not all the jobs, but likely jobs that you move into in that field and salary. And right next to that is the cost of the college. And then from there, you can figure out how long it will take you to pay off your degree and not just throw up the, the high numbers like, oh, so-and-so graduated with an art degree and works at whatever because their dad worked there and they were able to pay off their degree in a year, like the average of the graduates. And from there, you can get a pretty easy idea of what you're going to make, what you could do with that degree, and how long it's going to take you to pay that back. Unfortunately, I don't think that's ever going to happen, Nick, because whether we don't want to believe it or not, the education system here in America, it's a business. Schools aren't exactly looking for the best minds. They're simply to find people to prestige their school and trying to find money trying to get that attendance rate up really high and make millions upon tens of millions of dollars every single year. Now talk about even getting subsidized by the government simply because of having a high to, um, high acceptance rate or uh, attendance rate for your university. So it's, it's sad that we're turning the bright minds in the future and the generations to come into cash cows. We're not really focusing on actually teaching them. We're simply telling them how to be cogs in the machine and keep going and do exactly what their forefathers did and their forefathers before them, even though the 21st century has completely changed the game. I assume later in the podcast we'll talk about how school from home and education and how it's changed with the internet, but going back to art majors, it doesn't make sense to me if you're going to find get a 25000 paying job after graduating with your piece of paper, but yet you go to university where your tuition's like $40,000 a year and you're going to be in student debt for decades, if not your entire life, you can declare bankruptcy, but college tuition and uh, student loan debts, they never go away. You can apply for bankruptcy multiple times. No matter what, you have to pay that back, which is completely crazy, and it's, it's a scam if you ask me. Yeah, and the other thing with student loans is they don't evaluate anything on based on what you're going to school for. Like if I was a, a business or just a friend and you 
some like my buddy needed some money for college and he's like don't worry i can pay you back i'm gonna get an art degree it's like are, are you fucking kidding me what, what do you how are you gonna make money with that but we just continue by we i mean the u.s government so we just continue to give all these people loans for degrees that won't pay off that even if they do graduate and get a job in their field it's going to take them a long time to pay off if they can and the interest is going to keep accruing and it, it just doesn't make any sense unless you're just in it for for the money and we're not quite shitting on the art world we understand its importance and we both love different types of art we're just saying that four-year degree for a piece of paper for an art major it's worthless it is how how many times in the movies and stereotype in the in the sitcom world have we seen a art major working at a coffee shop as a bartender or a barista or something like that it's common enough where we make jokes about it and if, say, you want to become an, a painter, well, do you really need to go to four years degree with that? Or do you just need a job and they give you, you know, your low man totem pole, but you get experience. You make some money, probably not making great money, but you're in the positive. You're not in debt. You're getting experience. You're getting cash. You're getting more knowledge because you're working with real world experience. It makes way more sense than to... Go to class and study art history, which I have, from a person who loves history and has a minor in it, I have no idea why art history is a major. That makes no sense to me. Hell, I don't even think art, uh, I don't think even history should be a minor. I just got it because I was kind of bored and needed to fill credit classes. I think all those stem from a time when people would send people to school to like get a higher level of education from, you know, like an, an appreciation of art and this when it didn't cost as much to go to college and it's to make a more well-rounded person not now i me personally i think the mission the objective of college is to churn out students who can get jobs and that's why most people send their kids to school so that they can get a job and then they can use that money to pay back everything but i think we or maybe it's just people who i associate with i don't know of anyone who went to college just just to get educated like purely because they wanted to learn more everyone i know in college went to college so they get that piece of paper so that they could get a job with that piece of paper to make money and i think that all this art stuff degrees that don't really get you anything are left over from a time when people would go to college just to learn yes imagine having some free time and wanting to take some art classes yeah that sounds wonderful but i completely agree with you nick i would say vast majority people go to university and college simply to get a piece of paper to get a job and we're using the same system that was invented in the 1800s if not even earlier from that of an education system to learn now we turn that learning into process of getting a job and a piece of paper now don't get me wrong i learned and gained knowledge in university but for my major mechanical engineering it's a lot of science, a lot of actually paperwork and classroom work. Granted, I always learn far more actually in the real world. I think that's a fair assumption for everyone. But some majors do need that training before you enter the real world. We're just saying art world, not really. And I think uh, we might touch on this later about most people... It's not, once you get the degree, you're pretty much on a level playing field, but it's the jobs and what you learn on your internships and summers that will get you a better, higher paying job at the end of the day. And that's where you do most of your learning. I think something that the college education needs to get away from is four-year degrees. I think there's a lot of stuff that can be taught in two years, three years. And I think we need to, the easiest way to do that is just to cut out all the liberal arts 
that you have to learn the humanities, whatever it is that doesn't apply to your major, because we're not going to school to get educated and become higher beings. And none of the classes, the liberal arts classes that I took taught me anything. It was, I was literally just filling out the papers so that I could get a grade and and get that piece of paper. I didn't care about it. I didn't want to learn it. I resented it because it was stupid. The teachers didn't really understand that their classes were a joke. Like no one was taking them seriously. No one was there to learn these things. They were just there to get the grade and get on their way. And the teachers who a lot of them resented the fact that their class was just like a a filler so that we could move on with what we were doing. And if you didn't take it seriously enough, they'd get pissed. And it's like, you got to know that no one is here cares about. Yeah, we're not here by choice. (laughs) We are forced to be here. I, w- I would love to talk about a uh, core curriculum because I think that heavily needs to change and I think that would heavily affect the four-year degree program. But for example, Nick, I also had to take a lot of core slash bullshit classes, which to me made no sense. For example, I had to take a art class and I am not a very good painter. Uh, I know where my strengths lie and where my weaknesses lie. I am not a good painter. But it was confusing the hell out of me on why I was getting C's when I would see people next to me with worse paintings than me, believe it or not, and they're getting A's. And I just didn't understand how art, which is in the eye of the beholder, can be graded on a traditional scale like a math test. I don't understand that. And why on earth does an engineer have to take a painting class? Now, you can make the argument that you need to be creative, but engineers, scientists, like other fields, STEM fields, they are creative. They just you are created through different outlets. Now, it's always important to open up your mind and try new things, but that should become by choice. That shouldn't be forced upon you. I Like for speech class, everyone in my university was required to take a speech class. Some people desperately needed it. Some people, I had a, a fellow colleague in university. He was so nervous speaking, he would occasionally throw up in front of a small group. He needs speech class. Me, I'll hop in front. I'll grab the microphone. I'll start talking about randomly. I have no problem with speech. Why do I have to take that? It makes no sense. It shouldn't be plug and play for every single individual because every individual is different. It makes no sense for why a, I don't know, let's say a chemist has to take two years or a full year of history or um, English or biology. It's, if you go into biology, yeah, take biology classes. If you go into chemistry, take chemistry classes. If you go into biochem, take both. It doesn't make sense to be a jack of all trades. It's much better to be a specialist in what you're going into and what you're passionate about. I really, really hate core curriculum. Sorry, Nick, I'm going to keep going because I'm on a tantrum here. Now, for core classes, that's so much money wasted. I'm pretty good at writing. I like to write papers. I have no problem doing it. The papers I learned to write in high school and the ones I was forced to write in college have nothing to do with my major, but yet I still have to do them. That's two semest- That's two classes for each in semester. That's a lot of money if you add it all up. And if you get rid of that and rid of all these other filler classes, that four-year university goes down to three. And if you want to keep it a four-year university, because I understand schools are greedy and they want to make money, you could fill that with other classes, more fundamental, more make better students and better professionals. Have classes that are actually important towards their major. 
So when they enter the real world, they actually know what they're doing. I hate core curriculum. It makes no sense to me. No, it, it doesn't make sense, especially like it might make sense, you know, if you really want I don't know. I, I don't think it, it I don't think it's warranted. I think it should be if you want to opt in, you can do it. But what it's there for, what it was there for is to be make more well-rounded students. What it's now there for is to get more money out of students. I understand those core coding classrooms if you don't know what you want to go to university for. Now, granted, a lot of people change degrees, but if you're going and you have an idea what you want to do, you should hop right in to figure out if you like it or not. If you don't know what you're going for, maybe not be a full-time student, maybe take some classes here and there just to see what you like, but not be force, not force everyone to take the same classes. Not every field needs the same fundamentals. It, it doesn't make sense to me at all, this traditional four-year system for every single major. The difference between, I don't know, an astrophysicist and a uh, photographer are light years. <laughs> astrophysicist, light years. Uh, but why do we treat them the same when they're going different directions? Sh the education system shouldn't be this square little gray box that everyone has to fit into. It should be fluid. It should be dynamic. It, you should go towards whatever that field needs. If, for example, you want to become a welder, why why do, are you offering four-year degrees? Give a classes certificate, maybe an associate, and give them the opportunity to learn, practice, and work for people. Or, for example, if you if you want to become a mechanic, why do you need a four-year degree? If you want to become a manager, why not specialize and get like a bachelor, not bachelor, an associate in business? If you know how to work with cars, you know how to work with cars. And if you don't know, there's this great thing called the internet that can teach you. The aspects of traditional learning of going to the library, look up in a book, memorize it, is gone. We talked about it in part one of how this great thing called the internet or this phone in my pocket can memorize everything for me. It should be about application. And I think core, core curriculum classes and classes and, and degrees that don't need four years are completely ruining that system and are stuck in the old ways. Yeah, well, I think most, not most, but a, a lot of jobs have been elevated to where you need a four-year degree to do them now. Like my job, the people who are in there from 10, 15 years ago, most of them went to community college because it's a lot of on-the-job training. You learn the background science, and it was their two years that they did in community college was a lot more intensive than like the four years I did because they got all the same classes. It was just more like a crash course. It wasn't like yeah, well, no, but it, they had a lot more classes a semester. Their classes were a lot more intense, more often compared to my four-year degree, I just kind of got my schooling spread out compared to the schooling they did. But I think there's a lot of fields out there that it used to be a, uh, a community college two-year associates, and now it's a four-year degree just because the colleges picked it up. And a lot of the industry is slow to recognize. I mean, if you've got a kid who went to community college versus a kid who went to a Know, state school, you're going to hire that kid who went to the state school for the most part. And it's it seems like we're on the beginning of that trend reversing just because just because of how bad the education system is with, with teachers. I mean, I, like I work in forestry and the dean, the assistant dean of uh, the OSU forestry was gave a speech about how logging was ruining the environment. It's like that's the only reason you have a school or a, a building and a whatever is paid for by timber dollars. Like we are 
completely supporting you and your only reason you're in business is you're training the next generation of foresters and if you don't believe in what they're doing you're just an accomplice to that and just making money off of it so you're even worse than what you think we are because you're just training these people to go out and do what you perceive as bad but you're just going to make a, a really nice paycheck off of it Anything for a quick buck. And Nick, I want to bring an interesting study that I came across when researching this. The study was in 2017 from the College Student Survey. The study took 43 random students from four-year institutions, 32,000 in total students, and found that a, only a thread of students believe that they will graduate with skills and knowledge to be successful in their job. 34% believe that. And in the workplace, only 36% believe that. And only 53% believe that their major will lead them to a good job. Barely over half believe their universe, their degree will lead them to a good job. Why on earth are you going to the traditional four-year college if you don't think it'll lead you to a good job? If you're doing it for education and knowledge, I kind of respect that. But there are other ways to do it than that traditional four-year program. Yeah, I mean, we say it all the time when we're looking to hire people is college is just a test to figure out if you can pass college, if you can stick to it. it it's really just a test of do you have the qualities that can get someone through that? Like, are you just going to give up or can you figure it out, learn the system? It's really just a test to see if you're going to give up or not. And that's that's pretty much what all college is for. Pretty much all of your training comes from on-the-job experience, at least in our field. But that's not uncommon. I've heard a lot of people say that pretty much everything they learn comes from on-the-job training. I can't contest to that for my degree. I learned a lot in university that I've yet to use in the, in the workforce, but it's good to know. And I've been applying it to other projects that I've worked with away from the job market, just individual projects. So there is some things that get right, but once in a blue moon, to be honest with you, that's the best way I can say it. It the traditional four-year degree, which I think needs to be heavily modified for every degree, not just art majors, is it's only good for a select few. The, the, the traditional old ways, they're dead. We need to completely reamp and rebuild. Yeah, well, like, so for me, like, I needed the background. I needed to know all these things about trees. I need to know soil, how trees work, and all this stuff. And so I, I needed to get that either from my college or could have if it was 20 years ago gotten it from a community college which costs significantly less and i think that's where it's going to revert to i think as the price of college increases it's sl slowly going to not pay off to go to a four-year degree to go to a four-year school just because of the cost of it and what you're expected to make it's going to revert back to that community college and i see it it might again it might just be the people i'm around i see a lot more people going to trade schools a lot more people go into a few years of community college and then going to a four-year, then doing their finishing stuff at a four-year degree, so they don't have to pay the cost. To me, it seems like this is the beginning of the fall of these four-year institutions. I certainly hope so. I The amount of times people transfer out of community college just to go to university simply for the name, not the, necessarily the education, but simply the name. If you say you went to a community college by you to save money to work, and then all of a sudden you transfer your last two years to X university because X university is a little bit well more known, just because it's a namesake doesn't mean it's higher quality. And I think now in the 2020s, we're, we're realizing that namesake isn't everything. It took us a little bit, but we're figuring it out. 
And I think a lot of people are realizing, Nick, I, I agree with you. A lot of people are going to trade schools or simply trying to enter their job field at a very, very lower level than they should be simply to get the experience and not go to university. Because I, Nick, I, I disagree with you that pretty soon it won't be afford, affordable for people. I think it's already not affordable for people. We're in tr- trillions upon trillions of student debt and it's not going away. Why, why keep piling on that? If a system keeps making people owe more money and struggle financially, how, how is that system not broken? How are we not changing that to better make our citizens? Me and Nick testify this constantly. The key to most problems is opportunity and education. Well, if you're fucking with education, there's not going to be any opportunity. It's you're shooting your you're you're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's asinine and it drives me insane, Nick. Yeah, so just some numbers. The American student loan debt is about 1.53 trillion. Can you can you can you run that number back? How much? Let's just say this is 1.53 trillion, a number so high Dr. Evil didn't even mention it. $1 billion. But I think what needs to happen, we need to go, people need to start sending guys to uh, parents. Their kids need to go to like a two-year degree, get an associate's in something, and then an apprenticeship. You learn your background knowledge, you know, not for everything, you know, you can't teach engineering in two years, I'm sure. And then you do an apprenticeship where you work with someone for a year, you know, you shadow them and you get the the knowledge. And I think ideally, like the best case scenario is we put off college right after high school and you go right into the workforce in your field. So like for me, I could have done wildland firefighting for a year. I could have been a forest technician, done cruising, uh, just done chemical application. You know, there's a lot in my field that you can go into without a degree. And then you figure out if you want to be in that field, you can do some shadow and stuff. And then once you kind of know what you want, then you come back and go to college for that. And that way, or go to a, get an associates or whatever the education is in the future and that way you know you want to be in that field before you spend all that money i mean there's a lot of people who go into different fields and they go through all four years of education get their degree and then they don't like it and i think that's a, a big part of uh just like the general unhappiness of, of people these days of getting forced into some you know business school or whatever just because their parents did it or that's that's if you want to make money that's what you got to do and then it turns out that it actually sucks but if you had some background you know maybe you're just doing shitty jobs like filing or shredding paper or something but you kind of and and then you you don't get paid very well but you kind of get to see what the inside is like and talk to the people and figure out you know how just like basic stuff like how much are you gonna make what's you know how much do you work like what is your standard of living quality of life before you go you make that commitment to spend that much money in a university and that way it's not like a surprise like we talked about last episode all these teachers who go to school and are surprised they don't make any money like no one was hiding that fact from you but for some reason you know people our millennial age think that we need to graduate college and live at the same income level our parents were at when we left for college. Like somehow we're just going to make more money than our parents were right after we leave college. Like it, it, it doesn't make any sense. But I think if you get to work in the field and kind of see like, okay, like this guy's been here for a while. This is how much he makes. This guy who just started, you know, he still drives that shitty car. You kind of get a feel for what, you, what you're going to make starting out, what you'll kind of end up like. What are the career paths? 
How are you going to advance? What opportunities are there? And then you can go back into college and then you maybe you know what career path you want to take, like what you want to specialize in. And then you can even focus more on that. Yes. And to add on to quite a few things you said there, I really like the idea of getting associate, get that base knowledge and then enter that field through trade school, apprenticeship, shadowing, et cetera, et cetera. Because not only are you getting an education, you're also making connections. You're learning from other people, but you're also getting those phone numbers. You're getting like, oh, so if I need to do so-and-so, I need to get this equipment. Oh, I've worked with them before because I've had to call from them from when I was shadowing so-and-so. Oh, I know I know how to talk to them. I know exactly what I need. I'm a better worker, better individual for that. And Nick, I think it's very important. You kind of brushed upon it. I would imagine many people go to university simply because their parents went to university or their parents are making them go to university. It's not exactly their choice. It seems like, again, we're forcing the old traditions on the new modern way of life. And it just doesn't work. It's like trying to shove a round peg through a square hole. It makes no sense to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure, you know people, but I know people who went to a very expensive college with the degree that they knew wasn't going to get that money just because their parents went there. And that was a different time or something, but, and now they're just working as like a barista, like you said earlier with the art thing. And it's like, none of us, like I personally am not surprised that that happened, but th- these people seem to be very surprised that they don't have a high paying job. It, it always surprises me, Nick, of when, when they see smoke, they don't realize there's a fire. It's, it's like something so obvious in front of your face that they just miss it. Or, for example, Nick, someone we know, that they get a good degree and they don't even use it. They end up going in a completely different route. And I guess they went into it because their parents forced them to or some other reason. doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, and I I think societal societal pressure is is a big part of that, of why people go into these things is because they feel like they have to. And I think uh, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of pressure on, on students. In, in general. And I know, I think it starts in high school specifically is where I first saw it when uh, like people doing, oh shoot, what's it called? Adderall, like doing Adderall to get, get their SATs. And I know a lot of people in college who would do Adderall or people who are so stressed about tests and everything that they would have to take uh, Xanaxes. I didn't know as many people who, who did that, but I know the people who did Adderall. And I think it's just because there's so much pressure on people to you know go to college and do, do great, even if that degree isn't going to do whatever for you. But it's just, that's like, that's what society wants. That's the pressure. Like you have to do it. It was very funny when I went to university, because Adderall was quite big at my university. Uh, it was funny to me because for engineers, both mechanical, civil, electrical, all of us, we would multiple times have tests on the same day. And then we would talk to our, our, our fellow students and they, they would be complaining that they have two tests on the same day. And they think it's so weird to have two tests on the same day. And we're like, we we do that weekly. What, what I I don't understand the problem here. It's quite weird. I, I You shouldn't have to take Adderall to pass. If you're doing that, that might not just be university's fault. That might be your own fault of getting a little bit over your head, maybe take some time, regroup. But having to do it because of parents, societal, or thinking you need it to get a good job, even though you're going for university for a degree that's not needed in your field, 
It almost seems like a like a Nietzsche story, uh, Narasuta. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Beast of burden, and it's it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Students are taking too much Adderall. It's I mean I can't imagine how much illegal money is made by selling Adderall. Nick, I I'd be curious how many people did you see during finals week would take Adderall or hear about people taking Adderall? In uh, at University of Idaho, it wasn't too bad in, in forestry. It was mostly um, when I was in like the general classes where it, it seems like business majors it, w- it was more popular with. But but those guys, especially for stats, a lot of people in my stats class were, were taking Adderall for the finals and studying and stuff. But I know most people, the people I know from high school, or a lot of people I know who do it started it in high school. And most of them started it during their standardized testing for the uh, ACTs when I know a lot of people took their first Adderall to study for that and then take it again. I completely agree. That's when I first saw it as well for standardized testing in high school. And I guess that, I guess since it, they think it worked for them or it did work, I couldn't tell you that they just kept that same process mindset or habit going and i doesn't it's not healthy why are we forcing young students to do an unhealthy thing simply to get a piece of paper that they're going to go in debt for and not make money and not use it, it, it none of the math adds up and it drives me insane yeah and I, again I, I do want to say that from what i've read and it might differ from yours mike if if you go to school for a degree that you can actually get a job in you will be able to pay off your college debt but you do have to finish school to pay off your debt so as long as it's a good career field and you finish school you don't have that debt. Most of the debt is from people who didn't finish school or only went for a semester or two semesters and such can't afford the higher level of income that would allow them to pay off that debt. And for those saying that, why don't you just get a scholarship that way you don't have debt? It's very hard to get a full scholarship, especially, yeah, I would say it's very hard to get minor scholarships, not too hard, but that's just a drop in the bucket of how much you actually need to pay. Granted, it helps. Every little bit helps. It helped me. But it's not enough. And to speak on, you know, college athletes and stuff like that, some get a full ride, some don't. They're full-time students, full-time athletes, and some of them have part-time jobs. And you're expecting them to perform their best. Of course, they're going to take Adderall. Of course, they're going to cheat. Of course, they're not going to be the best in their field. It's You're asking so much of a business major who needs to take a biology class and also compete at a college level to pay for his schooling if he doesn't if he messes up somewhere he loses it all it's a broken system it's almost like slavery it's like a south park episode ah student athletes that's a great name for them yeah you can have that bagel but you can't put cream cheese on it <laughs> it's uh it, it, it is insane and it's it seems like it's changing at least for like the student athlete part but all it does is it just shows you that these schools are they're just out to make money they don't care about education other than the fact that they want their school to be competitive enough that people still send people there but it's more about the numbers it's not about to getting jobs like you go to a career fair uh, not a career fair like you go to the school the first time right and you meet the instructors and stuff and you ask all these questions like what do most people do how much do they make and you ask how many people get jobs and they just kind of like look at you it's like something they haven't really considered it's like this like you you do realize this is why we're all here right we're all here to to get jobs none of us are here because i just want to embolden like understand more about forestry like i'm i'm here to get a job i also love nick on how much they'll 
pay the universities to have a winning sports team versus, you know, I don't know, new microscopes for the science lab. It seems like their priorities is mainly getting money. Oh, you have a winning sports team? More people buy your tickets, they can come in. But you use that money back to the sports team to get more money rather than, you know, use it on your students, you know, help with the lower tuition fees or maybe get better teachers that, you know, aren't saved by tenure or they're not, you know, Nick, I don't know about you, but I've had tons of teachers who never worked in the real field. They got their bachelor's, their master's, PhD, went straight to university. They were never in the real world. They have no real world experience, and yet they're teaching me how to have real world experience. Can you, uh, can you explain how that makes sense to me? Nope, and I'm glad you brought this up. We've been dancing around it all the last episode. Teachers who go straight from academia to academia, I don't know what they're bringing. Like it doesn't, we talked about how teachers who work in private industry or even for the state or someone who's not academia where they complain all the time about budgets, but for the most part, they get so much more money to do dumb shit than you would ever get anywhere else and they still complain about it they there's the thing you i for me i think the biggest part of uh the teachers who have spent more time in the industry or working than they do spend in academia is they know the cost of things so a lot of my classes for fire we talk about different fuel treatments we don't talk about how much they cost versus how effective they are like there needs to be some kind of balance of yeah we can actually get rid of all wildfires if we do these certain things well how do we pay for it well that's not really important is it the fact is we know how to do it or but if no one can pay for it it doesn't pay for itself then it's really not an option unless the government's going to take all their money that they spent doing gender studies in Pakistan and suddenly give it over to us to help prevent wildfires that's not something that's going to happen and politically that's the forest service BLM isn't going to be able to do that so we talk theoretically about all these things but all it takes is one teacher who's been in the field to practically say well yeah you can do that but no one ever would because it doesn't pay for itself or it's not you can't do it because of this constraint or there's actually this regulation that prevents it a lot of these teachers are so out of touch that they have no idea the things that affect the day-to-day operations and that's what we're there to learn right like we are going to be involved in those day-to-day operations so why don't we have someone teach us who also knows those day-to-day operations It always looks good on paper until you do it in the real world. And Nick, you brought up of spending worthless money. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some professors who go immediately into research, which, again, they're good at researching, but terrible at teaching. Or since they have no real experience, they're really good at the lab, but wouldn't be really good in the real world. But when you waste money, and I kid you not, Nick, they did a study at a university that will a healthy diet help you live longer? This was an actual study. It wasn't on what diet makes you healthy live longer. It wasn't what kind of uh, food should you or shouldn't eat. It was, will a healthy diet help you live longer? No shit Sherlock. And I'm willing to bet... Again, I think we need to do a whole episode on the dumb scientific studies we've came across. My favorite is that if you show men porn, will they be more aggressive and will they be like more turned on? And surprisingly, Mike, actually, this is a stumper. I'll let you guess. So you're telling me some heterosexual males look at pornography and you're asking them if they get horny or sexually turned on i'm gonna go with a solid yes and i'm pretty sure i don't need to spend thousands if not tens of thousand dollars to figure that one out but we did how 
and I'm I'm willing to bet it wasn't just you know two people in a lab. It was probably a professor, a couple grad students, and maybe some assistants. So maybe what five people, six people, all getting paid. Yeah, and you know this is at least like a hundred person study. Yeah, it's oh god, I mm, not yeah no oh god and. Some people don't deserve their tenure. And actually, I, I don't know if tenure should even exist, especially for a university level. Sometimes sometimes simply conforming to a university's quote-unquote standards so you get tenure to teach what you want to teach, you lose yourself along the way, and you're not really you. You're just part of the system, another cog in the machine. There's so many goddamn cogs in the machine. Here's an interesting idea. I Don't get me wrong. I think tenure is ridiculous and we should get rid of it. But I would like to see, if we're going to keep tenure, students vote on what teachers get tenure or not. Ooh, I like that. That way you're, you're not really worried about the administrators who, there are way too many administrators who get paid way too much in universities. Uh, that way they're not worried about like board members or the president just signing them. They have to be buddy-buddy and kiss-ass, but simply, are you good at teaching? Okay, here's tenure. You know why? Because all your students think you're a good teacher. I like that idea, Nick. We should definitely do that. Yeah, because so the yeah the reason that I stumbled across most because I was trying to figure out all right who wants to keep tenure and pretty much everything came back to an ally for the students who can speak up against the university or whatever school on behalf of the students without fear of reprisal. All right, but if the school grants you that, you're still in their pocket. And for me personally, I know most teachers are more in the pocket of the school than they are in the students. So it doesn't seem like it's really buying us as students anything. So I don't know why we still have it, which is kind of a ridiculous concept. Now, I understand where it came from. Like they said, an enemy, a friend of the students that can speak up on the student's behalf. I would say that's like, what, 0.0, say 1% of teachers. I, the, I know personally the teachers who do good for students, the teachers who we like, the, who have the industry experience, actual experience, and they never say anything, but you can tell from other teachers that those teachers are looked down upon, that they're not, you know, in the, in academia. They had all this whole other stuff going on that's actual real world experience, and it's... They're black sheep. It's like, they believe it's bringing like some kind of mold into their little close-knit, this is the way we do it thing, and but rea- in reality, all they're bringing in is better teaching, real experience, actual knowledge that can help students. They're black sheep, and nobody really wants to bite the hand that feeds them. So why would the teachers who don't like think a system's bad but don't want to speak up because they could lose their job, they could lose their paycheck, They there's no buffer, there's no safety net for them that's not outside the administrative school system, which if you want good teachers... All right, I'm going to bring this up. Didn't think I was going to bring it up, but at I believe it's at Northwestern. There's a history professor who teaches that the Holocaust didn't happen. And because he has tenure, he gets to keep teaching those same classes. What the fuck? How, how is this allowed? How, that, why? How, I don't understand this. Why, this is where sometimes tenure is really bad. And I, honestly, if it was at a different time period, he'd probably get punched in the face. And because he's protected from tenure or he's buddy-buddy with the administration, he's protected. He can completely lie to students and completely uneducate them on a historical moment in history that they're paying thousands of dollars for 
going into debt. And so you're paying lots of money going into debt to learn something that's not true from a person who is protected so they can tell you something that's not true. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Totally. I don't even know what to say. That's It's not just him, too. There are multiple universities where there are professors who teach that the Holocaust didn't happen. There are multiple universities that teach the un, like the not the truth where there's huge scientific evidence but they still teach the opposite simply i don't know if it's their ideology their political stance but how is that allowed at a place of knowledge in science and education and keep in mind tenure is supposed to be the student's ally against the administration how comfortable do you think a jewish student is going to be with these professors against the administration like what what are they supposed to do? Well, I have no idea. I It seems like they're trying to be politically correct, but then they do things like that. It's I have no idea what they're trying. It just seems like they're looking for money, and they're just trying to cover their asses. Well, it's, it's what it's all about. It's all about the money. Money makes the world go around, and unfortunately, it makes the universities keep going like a factory. Honestly, universities are like a factory. You're getting a raw product, you're draining it of all of its resources, and then you pump it out and sell it to someone else. But Nick, before we switch over to other options besides the classic four-year university, I want to run something by you. I think it'd be a good transition from what we have now to hopefully what, what the future will hold, but have direct ties with the university and the businesses around them. So if you... I don't know, say you want to be a oil engineer. You All your universities would be in places with oil. And rather than simply go to class, you'd spend, I don't know, three hours a day going to one of those businesses and helping them. So that way the businesses are telling exactly what they need out of their students. The students are getting real-world experience. They're still getting a knowledge. It, gets a, it ties the community together from education, business, and home. It, I think that would be a good possibility for the future. What do you think about it? I think that's great. I think you need that industry cooperation because, again, it's all about getting a job. you got to bring those companies in. And like you said, it's a business. Students, we are the product, right? So show these guys the product before you get it. So for us or uh, in forestry, there's a demand for foresters right now. Now, let me say it again. In a world where... Most college graduates can't get a job in their field. We are looking for people. There is a demand there. So why isn't the university saying, hey, we know where you can get a job. This comp- this in- this industry needs people. So private industry, the big warehouser donated a bunch of money to OSU and I think U of I as well because they want a certain amount of new people a year, new foresters a year, just for them on top of what gets spread around different companies will need different amounts and they're not reproducing that many people so they industry gave them a bunch of money and i don't think it's ridiculous that those people should also be able to go and you know work with those guys or go spend a week with them because there are certain things that look like on the the hiring side you look and be like man this guy has this experience he's automatically way more qualified but what if we're able to give everyone that experience and make that school every single applicant more qualified just because we're teaching one or two things or they get experience in one or two things? If college is all about getting a job, that's what they would do. Because if Idaho started 
having foresters who did more aerial application than uh, and started doing that more than Oregon State, the other competing forestry school, they would very easily become the number one forestry school in the West. So why aren't they? Because they are so far removed from actual industry that they don't they don't understand that they don't see it. It's all about the research and academia. They're in their own little world. To add on to that, Nick, if we included businesses with the education system, the education system could change what the businesses need. So, for example, if um, you're getting becoming a, a mining engineering, sorry, I keep doing engineering. It's just what I know. The school could get told by the businesses like, hey, a lot of these people don't know how to drive bulldozers. We like to donate a bulldozer, but if you implement a class to help teach them how to, the mining engineers how to use it and operate it so we know what they're capable of, know how to use it, that would change the education system so they're better suited for the real world so they have at least more skills, more knowledge. The businesses are will benefit from that because they can hire people who are more competent. And the students, the future employees of those industries, will get better paying jobs, will have more knowledge and skills, and will be worth the damn, to be honest with you. They, they, there's, a, there's a direct correlation between education system and the business world, the, the industries, that unfortunately there is no bridge to gap them, but there's a huge correlation, there's a huge overlap, but no one's talking about it. No one's trying to put them together. No, it, no one is. And it's, it is crazy because like we said, why do people go to school to get a job? And I, I brought this up when uh, I was in college, as in my fraternity, we were trying to figure out, like, how do we recruit more people? And we're kind of on that middle ground. We're a fraternity, but we're also like a, um, I forget what they call it. like Organization? Like a, you know, normal fraternity and an organization specializing in whatever. We're an agriculture fraternity. So I wanted to have, like, a banner during, like, recruitment with um, all the, the companies that our guys get recruited for because we have a really good recruitment rate of uh, bigger companies. Just like name names that anyone in agriculture would recognize, like, you know, say like your Dow's, your McGregor, just lo- like local, littleish local companies that people would in the area know and say, these are the companies people get jobs with. And uh, through my fraternity, we do, we did a lot of stuff like that. So if you're an ag, it didn't really help me much in forestry, but we had like a conference where we go down to Reno, Nevada, and you learn like leadership stuff and whatever, but it's paid for by uh, like Dow, Monsanto, and uh, Zoetis, and all these big ag companies that these guys, most of these guys will eventually work for. And then they kind of tell you what's going on in the industry. What are they looking for? Like, if you want to set yourself apart to work for these companies, what do they want? And a lot of the things I did extracurricular in college helped me figure out like, oh, th- this is what these guys want. This is what these guys are doing. Like the, if you just do the sh- just the college classes, you don't really get that opportunity. I'd rather have a person with a one year experience than 10 years of studying. You can't, <laughs> experience is priceless and you can't expect our current education system to help students truly know what they need when they leave that universe for your university. But Nick, maybe maybe there is a future. Maybe as time has shown and hopefully that trend continues, people are taking a step back from that four-year degree program. They're going through new avenues such as trade schools, apprenticeships, shadowing, or simply joining a 
job and trying to move laterally into the field that they want? No, I, I think from a peer money-making, getting a piece of paper, getting a job, how to increase your likelihood of making a lot of money, trade school, apprenticeship, on-the-job experience is, is the way to go and tie that somehow in with education, whatever that future education system becomes. We're talking about how teachers who have the best, teachers who are the best tend to have actual on-the-job experience. So I want to talk about the difference between a teacher and a researcher and why is it that in our education system they have to be the same person. There's a lot of teachers or a lot of researchers who are teachers. They're there, they work at the college because they want to do research, which is fine, but I don't personally understand why those people also have to be teachers, especially if they're not the best teachers. We talked last episode a lot about passion, and there's a lot of teachers. I'd say there's a few teachers I had who were very passionate about what they were, and they were researchers, but they were teachers as well, probably more passionate about teaching. It, It would seem like they just were really interested. And those guys made great teachers, but we also had teachers who I knew it, everyone else in the class knew it. These guys were there for their research, and they had to teach if they wanted to continue to do their research. We were a burden on them. Nick, I would say most teachers, especially in the junior and senior year, when you're more in your actual classes towards your field, are like that rather than the latter. Yeah, I, I think that I was pretty lucky. I had some good teachers, but I definitely had my fair share of, like, we all, like, why are we pretending? We all know you're just here to research. You don't really care about teaching us. Why can't you just give us a good grade, tell us what we need to know, we'll figure it out and go home. I mean, sitting in a three-hour lecture of some dude in a monotone voice talking about the nitrogen cycle, blow my head off. Or having their uh, TAs teach the class. And oh, that's them. always always a favorite. Yeah, and it's, I just, the amount of money a college takes in, why is it that we still have researchers and teachers be the same people? We have an administrator for every single thing under the sun, but we can't have, you know, if you want to be, do research, there's got to be a way to do, be a researcher. And maybe you do guest lectures about your research, but you, it doesn't mean you have to just like be a dry lecturer and just make it incredibly difficult for all these students to learn about their subject. The amount of times I've had professors trying to teach us, you know, like the right hand rule for physics, you know, like, or, or teachers who aren't supposed to be teaching that field, but because a teacher left or sick or something like that, they have to come in and teach it. And they simply go off on a tantrum and not even teach like, oh, today we're going to be talking about quantum tunneling. Oh, well, well, you know, that reminds me this one time when I got pizza, I'm like, I'm paying lots of money for this or my favorite is when i've had teachers play a video and simply fall asleep in the classroom and that was the entire semester pretty much and to make sure we weren't cheating he would record he would set up his phone hit the record button and then fall asleep and simply fast forward it after the tests were done to see if anyone was cheating uh why are we paying him tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why we're paying these people so much. Now, I think a good teacher, especially in college, is worth a lot of money. And I, there's that. that's a problem, right? Like, I've had great teachers in college, and I'm not trying to lump these guys in. But you also have these other shitty teachers, and there's got to be a way to, you know, get rid of those guys. And if it is all about education and not whatever i'm make better teachers you make you get better students and the cycle continues 
yeah, or just don't have them teach. Like, this guy who I'm thinking of specifically has been there for so long. Like, he, he's very old, and everyone knows, like, it's like one of those things that if you graduated from the University of Idaho, you're like, oh, man, no matter who you, if the, if the guy who graduated 10 years ago or, or yes, last year, it's like, oh, man, so-and-so's lectures were terrible. How'd you get through them? Like, this has been a problem for 10 years. How have we not fixed this? Like, everyone knows and everyone complains, but his, like, academic research is really good. So the university doesn't care. So why can't, but they know he's not a good teacher. I mean, they've gotten reviews every single year. I haven't met a person who took the uh, class, the four soil canopy processes, who was happy with it and left a good review. So somewhere, somebody knows there's an issue, but no one wants to do anything. So I don't understand why they can't just make him just do only research. And like we talked about in the scientific papers one, that research gets ta- should gets published by the university, and the university gets credit for it, brings prestige back to the university if he's a good researcher, and then they get notoriety that way. It seems there's so much politics involved in something that shouldn't have politics. It should be students first, the education first, and this four-year system just doesn't work. I mean, me and Nick probably sound like broken records of saying trade schools, associate degrees. But for majority of the majors, fields, and career paths, that seems the much simpler, better, high-quality choice. You're telling me I can do it faster, cheaper, and better quality? That's the dream there. You always really get max two out of three. Yeah, but, I mean, why would you change? How much money those universities are making right now? It always surprises me when a university, like a bunch of universities in Illinois, go bankrupt or belly up. And I'm like, how? How have you wasted this much money poorly that you could fail this system? You had a, all you had to do was not touch it and stop hiring so many people and you would have been fine. You would have had much of money in the same broken system, but you kept spending more money to make, to fill up more people's pockets. And now your entire school is gone. How does it seems like the people teaching don't know what they're talking about. I mean, could you imagine, would, Nick, let me ask you this. If a businessman bankrupted a company that was profitable before and during when they were brought on, would you trust them with your money again? Wait, so he... So if, I, if you had a person that you brought into a system that was making money and they were... You know, all they had to do was nothing and it would make money. And all of a sudden they went belly up and destroyed the company. Would you hire them again for your next company? That depends. Am I a government land grant institution? <laughs> well, it seems like that. It seems like, oh, well, this failed here. Let's just plug and play you over here. Well, maybe maybe it wasn't the system you're in. Maybe it was you. Maybe, maybe again, tenure shouldn't exist or that four-year program definitely shouldn't exist it's we need to change for each different field i I, we're so obtuse about it and we're so narrow-minded that it we we are not looking at the bigger picture we're simply looking pay money get degree maybe get a good job but most likely not 40 47 percent of students don't think their tens of thousands if not hundreds of dollars of debt is gonna get them a good job to pay any of it off yeah, and again, most teachers lean left, lean liberal, progressive. These are people who think that everything needs to be changed. At least when I was in college, these teachers were like, this current system doesn't work. We need to change everything. 
yet somehow the education system is perfectly fine. We don't need to change it at all. That's that's the common theme that everything else is broken, needs fixed, but the education system is fine. Like that's we just don't touch that. That's working perfectly. It's everyone's fault but my own. And like we said, everything comes down to education or lack thereof. And yet that's the one thing we cannot speak ill of. We can't talk bad about it. As soon as you talk bad about the education system, you're done. People don't like that. They don't like saying maybe we should do things differently. Yet there is not an American alive today who thinks that most Americans are well-educated. And yet somehow if we say it's the education system's fault, that's bad. So somewhere in there, there's the truth. Either Americans are well-educated or there's a problem with the education system, but it can't be both. You can't have Americans are not well-educated and there's no problem with the education system. That doesn't work. (laughs) Of course it works, Nick. You just have to pay enough people and they'll all of a sudden believe that it works. Well, that's that's what we're doing right now. It's something I don't understand how we're still all so divided on that. I think everyone in the entire world agrees education and knowledge is a good thing. I don't understand how this is a issue of something's not working. We should try to fix it. Why? Why is that so taboo? Why? Why is this not on the table? How many? How many politicians ask say we're going to make our schools better? But how? You say that, but how? We're just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Okay, sure. But it's going to work this time. I mean, though I disagree with the definition of sanity is doing it over and over again, sometimes it's true, you know? Sometimes you just got to go, you know what? It's not working. Let's go back to the drawing board. I mean, there needs to be some sort of change, right? Like, everyone, no one's happy with the education system, the cost, the time. I mean, what you actually get, especially when most people I know learn most of what they go into their field with on the job experience, not in college. They learn it doing like the summer internships or working during the school year. But very few people learn everything they need to know to start their first job in college. Like I don't know anyone who came straight out of college knowing everything they need to know about their job. So what is college besides background knowledge and a test to see if you can, if you can stick with something for four years? They, people just, employers want to know if you are, if you have the tenacity to stick with something for four years. I, I don't know what else. Yeah, I'd agree with that statement. I wouldn't say I agree it fits all majors, but it fits a lot of them, that's for sure, of simply saying like, oh, okay, you are somewhat minded in thinking about this, and you're able to stick through it because we've all had tests where like, oof, and you really need to pass this, and you really need to study. And I guess that's, I mean, there's got to be a better way to figure out for a company or field of like, hey, this person's actually worth something. Maybe we should uh, hire them. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, there's. I think that we've laid out a few solutions of, you know, trade schools, associates, bringing things back to a more affordable level. But I don't know how you spark that change besides like the slow change that we're, I'm kind of seeing today. And like you said, Mike, there are things that you do need to go to more years of schooling, like engineering and, and STEM, stuff like that. But do you need your the liberal arts classes with that? No. And I, maybe that's something that high school changes and you knock out all your liberal arts classes in high school or something. That, where it's free. You know, if everyone should know that stuff, why don't we do it where everyone can learn it? I think if you're going to spend that much money, you should already know what you want. Like, I'm not going to spend, you know, 
I'm not going to take out a bunch of loans to get this card, this card, and this card just to figure out which one I want to test drive and which one I want to, you know, buy. And I guess, Nick, this, since this is late, a little bit later in the podcast and a lot, a lot of people have stopped listening here, for those still listening, thank you for still listening. And you can always find out more information on us on Backyard Philosophy on YouTube and on any major podcast source. But this is where it might get a little dangerous, Nick. I think a big spark would to be make universities less hypocritical and less racist. Now, this is a dangerous topic, and I'm not quite sure how to proceed. Do you want to go in these deep waters, Nick? Everything we said on the previous education is out there now, so... If we don't get canceled for that, we'll get canceled for this. So, you know, we're, we're all in at this point. And for a penny and for a pound. Okay, so let's say Ivy League schools, not going to name names, uh, but they stopped enrolling Asian Americans and Asians because they were, even though they were high qualified, they passed all the tests, they had to reach a certain diversity at the university. How does that make sense? Shouldn't a university be, you make it on your own merit, not on you know your skin color or sex or how about schools that are only christians allowed only blacks allowed only jews allowed only x allowed you know it's how are we preaching education for all and equality when we're diversifying ourselves and choosing to segregate ourselves how is that bettering our education system and bettering us as humanity or also people I mean, not me personally, but I know some people look at like percent diversity for schools and they want to go to a diverse school. Yet most people like I don't know have the exact statistic off the top of my head. Some like 90 percent of people will go to school and end up hanging with the same demographics they hung out or were in high school. Like they want to go to somewhere that's diverse, yet they never end up hanging like taking part in that diversity. So what's why is that something that we, we look forward when no one seems to care? And why, why should that be a merit of who you let in or not let in? Why should the color of someone's skin or someone's religious faith matter on what university they are allowed in or not allowed in? It's so confusing to me of how that's allowed. And talk about lack of separation of church and state. How can a religious school be credited university when they are simply, well... I don't know about that. That one might be false. So maybe I didn't think that one through. But it just seems like you're splitting hairs of, hey, quality for all, but we need to meet certain quotas so we look good for funding, more money, I guess, or to look good in the public eye. It should be man, woman, black, white, young, old, no matter who you are. If you're capable, you're capable. If you're not, go somewhere else, get ready, prep up, and try again. That's just that just seems fair to me. I don't I don't know why this is so taboo to talk about. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know why, uh, like um, scholarships that are you can only get if you're a certain race, stuff like that. That's like government funded. I, I don't know why that's okay, but if you do it the other way around, like what if the government only had a scholarship for only white people? Like why is that okay? What like that would not be okay, but it's okay any other way around as long as it's not whatever so it it's muddy it's super muddy and for those thinking for uh, of the mind frame of well we're helping out you know poor communities or communities that were affected by ha- historical effects i understand that but you're also setting a president to keep that system going 
it's a very delicate balance but again it should be what you're capable of or what you're willing to work and do it should be your work ethic and yourself your personality not your physical attributes to allow to figure out if you want to go to university or not like we don't make universities illegal for people who have handicap like that's that's completely fine like they might be a slower learner or might be in a wheelchair but we don't discriminate between them because it doesn't matter it's what's in your brain the only thing that matters is your brain why does anything else matter why does your are we going to start you know setting height weight hair color are we going to accept more people with pink hair or black hair into universities to help diversify the type of hair people have we need to focus on a person's brain and work ethic rather than their physical qualities i again i don't know how this is a discussion it should be equality for all and it should be if you want to make it it should be based on your qualities and your mind not anything else yeah i mean i agree so i don't know where to go from there well if i had to make a university i would probably make it the first year the fundamentals you know like the calculus the physics 101 and then it's the sec i would pretty much change a four-year program into a three-year or two and a half year program for those who need a four-year program say like um I don't know. I said earlier chemists, so we'll stick with chemists. Well, you get your chemistry 101 and a lot more lab work, not just, you know, one credit hour worth of lab. It's actually three hours, but for some reason, only one credit hour makes no sense. But have more hands on work with hopefully businesses surrounding. So, like, hey, today in your chemistry class, you're going to go to this factory. And you're going to watch and learn how the professionals do it. And you're going to take notes. And then the next time you go, you're going to help them do it. And then when we, and then we're going to try to do it in the classroom. And you're going to do exactly what you did in the real field. And we're going to see how you actually perform. That way we know if you go into that, that specific job, you can actually perform your good. So lean and mean. Cut the bullshit universities. Get rid of the useless degrees that don't need four years degrees. And somehow lower this cost. I don't know. The behind-the-scenes spending is actually really hard to figure out how a university spends its money. Granted, it's public information, but... So the way I understood it is it's a lot of... It's mostly administration cost. So it's about figuring out who has... A, who paid for what, who owes what. The government gives a certain amount of money to certain groups of people and certain things, and then the university has to figure all that out on their own and then they have to allocate money they have to be responsible for each of those people they have to make sure all those people are paying that to make sure all those people are doing whatever it's it, to me what it seems like is pretty much all that is admin cost based on you know just all the bullshit that regularly goes on it seems to me a lot of that can be solved with a good program just less administrators needed you don't need a administrator for each individual department so instead of having an administrator for chem engineering, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, you just have a engineering administrator. Maybe pay them more because it's they're putting on more work, but you don't need all those individual basis. Or and if someone wants to say they need help, they could hire on business majors to help them, you know, get more real experience, maybe lower their tuition, make some extra cash, you know, get knowledge and connections. Seems like a win-win to me. 
Yeah, and I know uh, some of the guys I went to school with worked for the university doing stuff, and I think that's that's a valuable. It would be a valuable tool. You know, get those guys involved in all this other stuff, and you don't have, you know, you don't, you're not paying these high admin costs. I mean, the only people paid less minimum wage are grad students, so why don't they just pay uh, all, all the other university students like that, and they're getting their college, uh, or getting experience out of it at least. A ship runs better when everyone's on board. No, I, I just want to reiterate again that four-year education Four-year education is on its way out, I think, personally. should be three years. We've got to get rid of the liberal arts degrees or not liberal arts degrees, the um, the liberal arts classes, the um, whatever classes you, that it, it's, it's like bundling. Yeah, it, it's the same thing with scientific articles, right? Like if you want to buy this scientific article, you have to buy subscriptions to all these others. It's bundling. They're just you have to buy them just so they can make more money. You don't want them. But it's you have to do it, otherwise you can't get that one thing you want. And it's it's crazy because no one's going to school for that, and no one's learning anything from those. That's the other thing. All those classes are bullshit. No one's learning anything. People are just resentful to be there. I mean, I had to take a class about Native American culture taught to me by a white woman. Like what? Who who was just like you could tell who just like read the textbooks and was like all about it. You know, she smoked or read before it. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is required of me? Honestly, my time would be better spent doing three three hours of community service a week than sitting in this classroom reciting bullshit to this teacher who has no idea what the fuck's going on because she's blazed out of her mind. But she doesn't need to be doing a lot of work. She's teaching, like, an introduction class to the people who don't want to be there. I mean, it's not hard. I think what it is is the university is just... They're, it's just a money-making machine, and people are starting to figure it out, which is why you're seeing the rise of you know, all these, you know, three-year degrees, online uh, or two you know, associate's degrees, online schooling, all this stuff. These things are transitioning away from their modern college education, and I don't blame them. Oh no! If anything, I salute them. They're trying to change a broken system, and everyone knows it's broken. Everyone can see that. The same system we've been using for hundreds of years, surprise, surprise, doesn't work when tons of things changed in those hundreds of years. Since the beginning of a college education system, we've flown, we've made cars, we've gone to the moon, we have this amazing thing called the internet. How are we still using the same system where kids were going to classes on horse and buggy or walking to with an apple and a good education would be eighth grade or going to a university in, I don't know, say their early 1900s didn't necessarily mean you're doing it for a job, but simply to, it was a posh, elegant class thing to do, even though you're probably going to end up working for your dad or some other venture because you have money or et cetera, et cetera. The old ways don't work anymore. We need to change. But now that the education system, I mean, this is a complicated topic. We're not going to cover it all. We would love to hear your solutions or topics we missed. And Nick, out of curiosity, where can they find us or reach us if they have anything to say about the college education system? You can find us on Instagram at Backyard Philosophy. 
can they find us on Twitter? They cannot. And Twitter's a dumpster fire. And it's 2021. It's a new year, new you, new me. You probably should get off Twitter. <laughs> oh. And out of curiosity, Nick, you reading any good books lately? I am. I, along with most of America, are reading Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. And it is pretty fucking good. I'd highly recommend. And I'm not usually a celebrity book guy. I'll have to add it to my list. What's it about? It's just the life of Matthew McConaughey, which is pretty good. It's pretty interesting. He's just like a normal dude. Like, it is... You know how you always hear celebrities like, oh, man, like, it's so honest, so raw. And it's like some chick who weighs like 90 pounds talking about like how she feels like she's overweight. It's like and, and not accomplishing anything. It's like, all right, well, that's not like, come on, let's be realistic here. But he just is a normal guy who made enough money to live like the life he wanted to live and did all these crazy things and just had an interesting life. You know, and, and it doesn't really talk about like being famous, just kind of about like how he goes through life and it's not like it's a self-help book, but he talks about like you know what worked for him, and yeah, it's just pretty interesting. And and I I really am not a celebrity book guy. I, I tend to read like a few pages and be like this is this is stupid and fake. But I did really enjoy McConaughey's book. Well, all right, all right, all right. What about you, Mike? What are you reading? I'm actually in between books currently. I'm th- I'm trying to figure out what I want to read next. There's so much on my list and so much on my shelf, but so little time. So. Hopefully next week you all will find out of what I'm actually reading. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.